1: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Each week we bring you information on how eating real foods in balance can help to heal your body and boost your metabolism. Today's topic is understanding your cholesterol numbers. When you get cholesterol labs back from your doctor, do you know what they mean? We're going to be going over what those numbers mean. So go ahead, get your lab results, and you can follow along. But before we start talking about cholesterol numbers, I first want to introduce both of my co-hosts. Joanne Wrightout is a licensed and registered dietitian who sees clients in our Wyzetta and Maple Grove offices. Joanne is a grandma. One of her grandbabies is just a few months old, I think. Yes. And Joanne keeps very busy helping with grandkids. And I love hearing about all the stories and seeing pictures. And of course, <laughs> seeing clients, yes. teaching classes. And she shares her nutrition knowledge at local corporations as well. It's great to be on with you today, Joanne. Thank you, Cara. Good morning. It's morning.
3: good to be on with you today, too. And you too, Marcy. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm very busy with the babies. Um, I watch them one day a week on my day off, and five months and 17 months already. Holy cow. Where does just go? Holy cow is right. But it's lots of fun. Very busy <laughs> and lots of fun.
1: <laughs> and Marcy Vasky is all, also here today. She's a licensed nutritionist working at the Wyzetta office. So we have a good representation from the Wyzetta office on our show today. We sure do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> And Marcy has twins that are in elementary school. She also has a variety of roles at our company, counseling individual clients, teaching at corporate offices, and doing research and writing projects. So great to be on with both of you ladies this morning.
0: Yes. yes Good morning. You. It's great to be on with everybody. And I'm excited to share our topic today as well. So... um And looking forward to all the information we have to share with our listeners. Yeah, we have lots.
1: (laughs) It's going to be a great show. And I think what it's going to do is clear up a lot of confusion that's out there. There's a big concern about cholesterol. And most people believe that a total cholesterol of just over 200 means that they're at a high risk of heart disease.
3: Yes, I have clients who bring me their cholesterol labs almost every day, and they want to know if they are at risk for having a heart attack. They want to know if they need to be on cholesterol-lowering medication, but they usually are trying to avoid that medication.
0: Yeah, they really are. You know, that's always a big question clients have. And just like both of you, many of my clients all tell me that they've been told to stop eating eggs and butter and that they are on a low fat diet. Boo hoo. Because their cholesterol (laughs) results
1: came back high. I hate it when I hear that. I know. So what is the truth? You know, research shows that the primary cause of heart disease comes from inflammation in the blood vessels. So really, the bottom line is that the culprit for heart disease is inflammation.
3: Yep, that's true. And cholesterol is not an enemy like it's made out to be. Lower cholesterol numbers are not necessarily better. There's a reason our bodies produce cholesterol. And most cholesterol, about 80%, is made in the liver.
1: Cholesterol is essential for our bodies to function, and without cholesterol, we would not be alive. Cholesterol is needed to make vitamin D in the body, as well as very important hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, as well as our stress hormones. Cholesterol makes bile, which helps us to digest fats. 25% of the cholesterol in our bodies is actually used by the brain all of our nerve cells are coated with cholesterol. So it's actually in every cell in our body. There's Extremely a lot. <laughs> wow, wow, Lots you're right. Of information. You, know, <laughs> you know, I think
0: that may be a lot of new information, actually, for our listeners. Don't I, you guys? I think you're right, Marcy, oh, yeah. Yeah. that
1: cholesterol is not the enemy and that it's got all these benefits and is very necessary. Yes, yes, you're right. You know, and as well, cholesterol is such an important
0: substance to the body. That if we are not eating enough foods that contain cholesterol, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to happen? Well, the liver will produce more. So even if you're trying to avoid those egg yolks because you're afraid of eating foods with cholesterol, your liver is actually will make more cholesterol. So eating foods
3: that contain cholesterol, like eggs, it does not necessarily lead to high cholesterol levels. Right. That's right, Mm -hmm. Marcy. And it's so important to mention that eating high fat foods also, or foods that contain those saturated fats, are not detrimental when it comes to heart disease. So it's not the butter, the red meat, and the whole milk that increase the risk of heart disease.
1: Yep, exactly, Joanne. Those are not the foods to be avoiding if people want to prevent heart disease. So let's talk about some of the foods that need to be avoided. And if people want to have a low risk of heart disease, which I'm sure everyone does. But these the foods that cause inflammation are sugar, processed carbohydrates. Examples would be muffins, bagels, chips, cereal, crackers and bread. And then also the bad unhealthy fats like trans fats or hydrogenated oils and vegetable oils.
3: That's right. It's a big problem when people try to avoid foods with the fat and the cholesterol because then they're left with eating foods that are fat free or low fat, which makes them high in sugar, high in carbohydrates, and they actually create more blood vessel damage. You're
0: right, Joanne. And you know, those baked goods are the worst because they typically have both
1: that high sugar and those vegetable oils. Right. So we want to stay Mm -hmm. away. Right. When we say that trans fats and vegetable oils cause inflammation and a risk of heart disease, what we're talking about is corn oil, sunflower oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, and canola oil. So anything labeled with the words hydrogenated oils as well. Those are trans fats. So it's important to avoid all of those oils. So and that really means not cooking with vegetable oils and also not eating any foods when you see those in the ingredient list. Right. That's Stay right. Away.
3: So a sweetened coffee drink and a muffin from the coffee shop is a really good example of a breakfast that would create lots of inflammation in the body. It contains both high sugar about 30, fa- about 36 teaspoons of sugar, by the wow. way. And <laughs> that's it? also contains bad fats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All so, of that. <laughs> all that and <or> more. <laughs>
0: all that and more. That's right. You know, but here's a great idea for a breakfast of maybe some cooked eggs and <clears throat> butter with some sauteed spinach or peppers. That's actually going to be anti-inflammatory and would be considered a heart healthy breakfast, especially here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Mm, right, yes. guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: you got it. That's what we eat. Uh, yes. <laughs> um,
0: you know, so this is really considered a very low sugar breakfast and it, it contains that butter, which is so healthy for us. And there are so many misconceptions about what foods are good and bad for the mm-hmm. heart.
1: So I'd like to bring up a long-running study that some listeners may have heard of this. It's a pretty famous study. It's the Framingham Heart Study. So this study out of Framingham, Massachusetts, followed over 5,000 residents over a 16-year period. Researchers were trying to determine if there was a correlation between heart disease and cholesterol levels. And some of the findings from the study were that the group who developed heart disease and
3: the group who didn't had very similar cholesterol levels. Not only that, some people with cholesterol levels as low as 150 developed heart disease. So according to this study, having low cholesterol did not guarantee a low risk of heart disease. So that's a pretty big revelation.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, it is for sure. And you know, another interesting study that's been published, it was published in the American Heart Journal in um, January 2009. It's Found that nearly three out of four patients hospitalized for a heart attack had the total cholesterol levels in the so called normal range of 200 and less. Yeah. You know, so some were on statins even to lower
3: cholesterol, and some just had naturally low cholesterol. So, in other words, the statin or cholesterol medications weren't preventing those heart attacks from happening, and neither was having naturally low cholesterol. We can't emphasize this enough because the wrong information has been given for decades and it does need to be cleared up.
1: Many people are under the assumption that when it comes to cholesterol, that the lower they can get the number, the better. And then they're thinking that that would lower their risk of heart disease. We have given you a couple of studies that show the opposite, but I still want to talk more about other negative side effects that can happen from just having your cholesterol be too low. Right. You know, I think it's
0: important that we do highlight that low cholesterol levels don't always mean good levels. You know, so let's look at total cholesterol levels that are in the range of 150 or less are actually associated with Higher risk of cancer, autoimmune disease, poor memory, and brain function, and also low libido. I mean, who wants that, and even a higher tendency toward violent suicides. So wow, we have gotten um have we gotten your attention? yeah, <laughs> right there's some right. serious stuff with low mm-hmm. cholesterol.
3: so why would this be? So remember all the protective effects of cholesterol we mentioned earlier in the show. We need cholesterol to make our hormones, for our brain to function well, also for nerve transmission. And when cholesterol is too low, either from eating a low-fat, high-sugar diet, or from being on a statin medication that lowers cholesterol, there can be negative consequences. There certainly
0: can be. You know, in the book Cholesterol Clarity by Paul Jaminet, he's quoted as saying, when cholesterol is under 200... Immune function is suppressed, which can cause negative health consequences. You know, so cholesterol really helps our bodies to heal, so if the level's too low, we actually can't repair inflammation or fight off of fe- infections as well.
3: That's right. We need cholesterol to help regulate our moods and our memory, and that's why it's common when people go on statin medications, they often mm-hmm. have more depression and more memory problems, and even dementia. My dad was taken off cholesterol medications when he was diagnosed with dementia.
0: That's crazy. Wow, it's crazy. It was about she a year ago. had to go that hmm. far. It
3: is. It is.
0: And statin. You know, and, and those statin medications can cause a lot of uncomfortable, and sometimes some very serious side effects. You know, For example, losing memory is just one of them, as well as muscle pain and weakness. You know, Many people are surprised by this when, I, when you correlate the statins with the muscle pain and weakness and fatigue. Um, statins medications like Lipitor, Zocor, Crestor deplete our bodies of natural CoQ10, which mm-hmm. is coenzyme Q10 levels.
1: So it looks like it is time for us to take our first break. Yes, I think it is. You know, you are
0: listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And some listeners who are on Facebook may have noticed that Nutritional Weight and Wellness has a Facebook page. A couple of weeks ago, we received a series of questions about cholesterol. And we promised to answer them today on today's show. So the first question was, Will bulletproof coffee give me a heart attack? (laughs) Right? We hear that a lot. (laughs) Yes. Um, We do get that question. We do, do, for sure. (laughs) You know, so when we come back, Joanne will answer this question. And if you have a cholesterol question today for us, please give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071.
3: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Joanne Wrightout, registered and licensed dish dietitian, and this show is brought to you today by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Our topic today is called Understanding Your Cholesterol Numbers. And we received a Facebook question asking us, will bulletproof coffee give me a heart attack? So for those of you who haven't heard of bulletproof coffee, it is a hot coffee with two tablespoons of butter and one tablespoon of MCT oil, which is medium chain triglyceride oil. So you put that mixture into a blender and drink it. So that is the original recipe for bulletproof coffee, but many people do their own version And just put some butter in there or coconut oil or just MCT oil and stir it into their Mm -hmm. coffee.
1: And I actually, I put coconut oil in my coffee. I do that. I definitely do that that also. A version of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So everyone's patiently awaiting the answer. And the answer to the question is no. Bulletproof coffee will not cause a heart attack. There's still a lot of misinformation circulating that saturated fats like butter and MCT oil would lead to a risk of heart disease. So today, we're debunking that myth on our show and teaching everyone that saturated fats are not the culprit for heart disease. It's really the sugar, processed carbohydrates, trans fats, and vegetable oils that would lead to a higher risk of heart disease. That's
3: good to hear, because a lot of people had that question.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Definitely,
3: and a lot of people question coconut oil. But it's a really healthy fat so I wish I, um, I was going to add on to Marcy's comment about CoQ10 and the statin medications because when I was on a statin medication, I did experience a lot of muscle pain in my legs mm-hmm. and, you know, other aches and pains that I just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. I did not know what it was from. So lucky that I'm at Nutritional Weight and Wellness now <laughs> and I got off my statin medications, my my. Cholesterol levels are a lot better. Way to go. But I wish I would have known a lot more about coenzyme Q10, which is also known as CoQ10. That is an antioxidant that's in every cell in our body and most needed by the heart muscle. So it's ironic that statins deplete the level of Mm -hmm. something we need so desperately for a healthy heart. And we tell all of our clients on statin medications to supplement with at least 200 to 400 milligrams of a CoQ10 supplement. That's right. And this usually helps to take away the side effects of muscle pain, weakness, and fatigue. But keep in mind that CoQ10 is not going to get your memory back if you're on a statin. You need to talk to your doctor about getting off the statin, and then the memory can be restored. Also, remember when cholesterol levels are too low, it does affect the brain and memory. Also. Right. That's right. So it's a,
0: yeah. it's it's a either two way. for one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what are we saying? Get off the statins. Exactly. Or talk to your doctor about it. You know, now, even if someone isn't on a statin medication, but they are concerned about their risk of heart disease, you know, we still suggest taking two to 400 milligrams of a CoQ10 supplement just really to just support your heart health. Because CoQ10 also reduces plaque formation coming from those free radicals, Mm -hmm. which is really, I think, important for our listeners to know. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. You don't have to be on a statin to benefit from that CoQ10. That's right. So, Joanne and Marcy, I am guessing that some listeners took our advice, which we gave them at the beginning of the show, to get their cholesterol labs and have them ready. They're probably patiently waiting for us to discuss what all of those numbers mean. That's right. So let's talk about the breakdown of cholesterol numbers that is found on a typical cholesterol panel. I brought my labs with me today as well, and I'm gonna be sharing some of my numbers as a discussion.
3: Yes, I brought some labs with me too for later on. Good job, (laughs) girls. So (laughs) let's start with the number most people are familiar with, and that is total cholesterol. So total cholesterol is the combination total of the more specific breakdown of cholesterol. So when you add up the total of LDL, HDL, and VLDL, and we'll give you the terms in a minute, total cholesterol doesn't tell us a whole lot about our our health or our risk of disease. That's right, Joanne. You know, and most
0: labs give a recommended reference range that total cholesterol should be below that 200 milligram um but this is really a misconception because the total number, like we've said, doesn't really tell us a whole mm-hmm.
1: lot. You it know, doesn't. We really need to look at the breakdown. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Moore is a highly respected health blogger. He was actually on our show at one point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he co-authored a book, Cholesterol Clarity, along with Dr. Eric Westman, who's a nutrition researcher. So his book describes total cholesterol like this. He says, knowing your total cholesterol is the same as knowing that the total score at the end of a baseball game is 25. Doesn't tell you much. <laughs> no You one. have no idea what the no. details of the game are without a breakdown of the score. So, and I'll just share at this point, I'll share my total cholesterol. It's the last time I had it done was 205. So mm-hmm. I had a little H next to it right. and it was in bold mm-hmm. indicating that it was out of range and it was too high. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I ignored that because again, total cholesterol is not giving us the whole picture. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean
0: my total cholesterol was two twenty. Okay. And they're like, hi. I'm like, no, it's you not. You get the H I want next it. To and it, minus two forty. Right. So, so there we have it. You know, so let's move on to the breakdown of cholesterol. LDL stands for low density lipoprotein. These lipoproteins carry cholesterol to the cells that really need it. And LDL is often, as everyone knows, referred to as that bad cholesterol. Um, And you'll usually see 100 to
3: 130 as a recommended range. Right. However, 50% of those heart attack victims have LDL levels that are in the recommended range. So you can see that this number is not always an accurate measure to tell you whether or not you're at risk of heart disease.
1: Also, there are different subtypes of LDL. LDL can be pattern A or pattern B. Your pattern A LDL is going to be big, fluffy molecules that look like a cotton ball, and it's very harmless. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pattern B is small, hard, and dense like a BB gun pellet. And the pattern B is the one that's more likely to stick to the walls of the artery and cause damage.
0: You know, it's, it really is so refreshing to learn that if you have a high LDL number, it doesn't really mean that your LDL is harmful, Mm -hmm. you know, because your high number could be of pattern A, that fluffy marshmallow cloudy thing that we want <laughs> <laughs> um, and it won't cause that damage to our arteries. That's right. Yeah.
1: And the tests to determine LDL pattern, they're not exactly standard tests. Um, no. They're becoming more common. Mm-hmm. More doctors, I think, are aware of these tests. And we actually don't recommend that every single person run out and get an LDL pattern test. It really depends on the situation. It really does. You know, if someone has a high HDL, we'll talk about that in a minute, but that's typical. Thought of as good cholesterol. And if they also have low triglycerides, it's actually very rare that the LDL would turn out to be the small, dense pattern B. But you know, if you are concerned about a high LDL number, it really doesn't hurt to ask your doctor for a breakdown in the LDL pattern test.
0: That's right. That's a good point, Kara. You know, and if someone does have an issue with that pattern B LDL particle, you know, we still recommend the same nutrition advice as we mentioned earlier. So what was that? It's cut out the sugar Mm -hmm. and the processed carbohydrates. We say this about everything. And of course, (laughs) also stop eating those bad
1: hydrogenated
0: oils and those other vegetable oils.
1: And eating full fat foods, especially the saturated fats, is going to help turn LDL particles into the light, fluffy cotton ball pattern. Mm -hmm. So... We do recommend organic forms of full fat foods sure. when you know you're eating things like butter, coconut oil, or full fat dairy products That's and meat. So, but you might be surprised to hear that these fats will turn your LDL into the healthy pattern B or the the healthy pattern the healthy that we we're pattern. talking about. Sorry, A. the A. Right. My LDL, um, it's. 130, I believe, mm-hmm. was the number. I actually didn't write that one down, but I think it was 130. But I remember getting the H for high next to it, and it was mm-hmm. in bold again. So right. that it was out of range. So what did I do? Again, I ignored that, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like my total yep. cholesterol, <sighs> because as we go on, I'll share my other numbers, which ended up to be in the no risk category. Right. right. So
3: that's thanks, important. Cara.
1: Yeah, so we are, we're We're going to talk a little bit about um, inflammation being the cause of heart disease. You're right. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, that it's chronic inflammation that's the cause of heart disease. So thankfully, there is a test available that looks at inflammation. It's called CRP, mm-hmm. C-reactive protein. So if you even have the slightest concern about um, your risk of heart disease... I recommend getting this test. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we feel that it's good probably for everyone to know their CRP
0: level. Oh, I think so. It's just so important. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really, and it's simple too, right? It's a simple blood test, but it's not standard. So you really usually have to ask your doctor to run the test. You know, all you do is ask for the HSCRP, which is high sensitivity CRP test. It's a um what it is is a marker of inflammation in the arteries and it's being hailed as the most accurate indicator of high heart attack risk available today. So if you're hmm. worried about it, you know, definitely go in and ask for that test. That's right. And, and
3: the, the higher your levels of CRP, the greater your risk of developing heart disease. And that's even if the rest of your cholesterol numbers are all in the correct ranges. So healthy levels of CRP are between zero and zero. And three milligrams per dilution, and the lowest risk individuals will have a CRP below one.
0: I think that's a good place for take a break. Our second yes, break, sounds guys. Good. You know, um, but before we go to break, I just really want to mention a supplement that is very beneficial for heart health. It's an essential fatty acid called omega-3. And the best way to get this is in supplement form is fish oil. Studies have found recently that fish oil lowers the death rate from heart disease and lowers the risk of sudden cardiac death. So that sudden cardiac death is one of the largest causes of natural death in the United States, which actually is causing about 325,000 deaths a year. You know, so let's run out and get some fish oil, everybody. (laughs) It can save your life. Yes. Um, So if you have cholesterol-related questions for us, again, please give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071.
3: Welcome
1: back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Before break, Marcy was talking about omega-3 fish oil and saying that it's great for the heart. It can lower triglycerides, increase HDL, which is our good cholesterol. It can lower blood pressure, and it's extremely anti-inflammatory. Since we know that inflammation is the leading cause of heart disease, reducing inflammation with fish oil is a really great idea. hmm and we recommend 3,000 milligrams per day of a high-quality fish oil. And the fish oil at our office, it's definitely high-quality, but we also always get feedback that our clients don't notice a fishy flavor or are they're not burping up fishy taste, right? which a lot of people complain of other brands doing that. You're <laughs> so, right, Kara. that's true. Um, people with the higher risk of heart disease or anyone who's had a heart attack or another cardiovascular event may need more fish oil, probably 6,000 milligrams per day. That's right. And um, before, just
3: to get back to the C-reactive protein test we were talking about, um, just to finish up on that a little bit. Um, Because acute infections or injuries can make CRP temporarily high, if you have a known injury or infection, wait until that's healed or cleared up before you get tested because it's a marker of inflammation. Very important to point out. Right. Mm -hmm. And if your CRP comes back extremely high, it's a good idea to get retested to make sure there wasn't something else going on, like maybe a urinary tract infection or an inflamed prostate or a virus or a bacterial infection, anything Could raise the CRP level. That's right, Joanne. And
0: if if it really it turns out your CRP is high and it's a valid number, the same way of eating that we've been talking about will really help reduce inflammation and bring down your CRP and risk factor. You know, so what are we always talking about? Reduce our sugar, our processed carbohydrates, and those bad vegetable oils. And what do we want to include? We want to include all those healthy proteins, vegetables, some fruits, and lots and lots of healthy mm-hmm. fats. That's right.
1: That's right. Do we still have callers? We uh, do. We do have is some this callers. A good time so, to take a couple calls, or
0: yeah, I think so. So how about we go to Kevin? Welcome, Kevin, to Dishing Up Nutrition. What's your question today?
4: Yeah, um, there's a couple of couple of things I'd like to ask you about. Uh, that regular mayonnaise and sunflower seeds. Now, you know, most mayonnaises they have uh, soybean oil, I think canola oil, and uh, palm kernel oil. And I was wondering if that's uh, something a person should be taking or not for inflammation.
1: You know, that's a great question. We actually, there is a mayonnaise that we usually recommend to our clients and our class members. I don't know if you've ever seen the brand Hain, i uh, I'm
4: not sure if I have or not.
1: It's at, I mean, it's definitely at Whole Foods and the Natural Food Co-ops. I have seen oh. it at Byerly's and Cub as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cold, it's an express, um, what am I trying to say? Cold, pressed. cold pressed. Thank you. pressed. Expeller pressed safflower oil. Mm-hmm. Um so it's less it's a lot less damage than a canola oil or a soybean oil. Oh. It's less okay. refined because mm-hmm. because of the cold pressing. So Right. Okay. And the another
3: another brand that might be easier to find too is Spectrum. Okay. And that has cold pressed safflower. canola. Oil. I think it's canola. Oh, okay. Cold pressed. But, but it's, it's cold, got pressed. cold pressed. Cold pressed. Or expeller pressed I think oil. It's organic, That's important. So. It is organic.
4: Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. That helps. Uh, is do you think sunflower seeds are? Because uh, I I bought some instead of peanut butter, I buy sunflower oil. Put it on the. You know, eat it that way.
1: Are you talking about sunflower seed butter? Like sun yeah. butter.
4: Yeah, sun butter,
1: yeah. Yeah, just make sure that it's just sunflower seeds and, you know, maybe salt. There might be a couple grams of sugar. I don't think that's too bad if it's just a couple grams. But just make sure that it's not hydrogenated or anything like that. And that should be a good, healthy oil for you.
4: Okay, that helps me out a lot. I'm going to look for that.
1: All right. All right. Great call. Thank you.
0: All right. And we have one more caller. Sarah. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Uh, Is this Sarah?
2: Yes. Yeah, okay, hi. I um, just tuned in about 10 minutes ago. Sure. Hopefully it's not too repetitive. I have the last couple of years, my doctor has been trying to get me on a statin. My total, and I've got my numbers in front of me. My total cholesterol number right now is 241. My LDL is 168. My HDL is 57 and my triglycerides are 78. And it just seems like my numbers have gone up since menopause. I'm wondering, you know, what test should I be asking for? I know she keeps saying your LDL is high.
1: Yes, great question. That's a good example of a cholesterol panel where a lot of doctors would recommend a statin. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And, you know, we'll be, if you stay tuned, we'll be talking more about the HDL and the triglycerides mm-hmm. and the ratio. Okay. Yours is actually at um, low to no risk. Okay. So right. that part is great. And again, we don't, the total doesn't really tell us anything. And the LDL, without knowing what the particle size is, again, you don't have a lot of information. So. If if you are concerned after you finish listening to the show and hear more about the HDL and triglyceride ratio, you could ask your doctor for a pattern test of your LDL.
2: Pattern test of my LDL. Yeah, and that's the one that would determine the fluffy dense versus right. the hard.
1: Exactly. Okay. Pattern test of um, yeah. It's typically you know it's they're breaking it down into pattern A and pattern B. Okay. And you're looking for that pattern A, the light, fluffy kind, or you're looking for more pattern A than right. pattern B?
2: If they do that test and they determine that I do have more of the pattern B, mm-hmm. then what would you suggest? Um, well,
1: you know, you may w- want to make an appointment and just sit down and make sure you're doing everything you possibly can with your with what you're eating okay. and maybe get on a couple of supplements. Mm-hmm. You know, omega-3 would okay. be wonderful, probably some coq ten. Really okay. reducing sugars, reducing inflammation in the body is going to be key.
2: Okay. All right. And is there one of the nutritionists at the office that kind of specializes in working with people with cholesterol issues?
1: You know, we all have the same training. Um, I think you, it, I, I would just go with whatever location is going to be most convenient for you. Okay. Because we all have the same (laughs) knowledge when it comes to cholesterol. Okay. And just one last thing I wanted to say is um, you mentioned your level has gone up since menopause. Yes. That's completely normal. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Your levels are very close to mine and I'm not on a statin. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just want to throw that in. Right. Yeah.
2: All right. Okay. Thanks for your help.
3: Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. So back to um, talking about a little bit more about the LDL test. So we've explained that the total cholesterol doesn't give us information and the LDL gives us some information, but only whether we know if it's that pattern A or B LDL. So now we're going to be talking about HDL, which is a much better indicator of heart disease. And HDL stands for high density lipoprotein.
0: Right. And that HDL is known as the good cholesterol. So these lipoproteins actually pick up excess cholesterol and carry it back to the liver to be recycled. You know, it really acts as like a cleanser of the inner linings of our blood vessels. And it's interesting that men tend to have lower levels of HDL compared to women. So the recommended lab ranges are, you know, slightly different.
1: For men, it's recommended that HDL is 40 or higher to be in the low-risk category. Um, And for women to be considered at low-risk, it's recommended that their HDL is 50 or higher. But really, an HDL of 60 or higher would put both men and women in the no-risk category Mm -hmm. as far as HDL is concerned. But we have even more important numbers and ranges to discuss. So, um Keep listening, and Joanne's going to give some more information.
3: Right. And if you've had a complete
1: cholesterol or
3: lipid panel, your doctor should have also run your triglycerides. Mm-hmm. And according to many experts, having low triglycerides is one of the most important factors that helps to put you in the low-risk category. So I would say that Collar has excellent triglycerides. Yes, very much. Right. You
0: know, those triglycerides are made up of three fatty acids and a glycerol or a sugar molecule. You know, their important, uh, job is to transfer fat and sugar from the liver. So one of those biggest, one of the biggest myths about triglyceride levels is that eating fat and cholesterol will raise triglycerides when it's actually what? Our dreaded sugar, of course it <laughs> too is. many carbohydrates. Yeah. I don't know how many times I said this today, people. I think, yeah. So you know, <laughs> people are getting it. So I hope are. so. I hope so. You know, and now it's time to go to break again. Our very last one. You know, so if you want to uh, support and how to make those healthy food choices, we're talking about get rid of that sugar. We have our nutrition for weight loss series starting in two weeks at all seven uh, of our Nutritional Weight and Wellness locations. This series is great. You know, it actually meets for one hour per week over a 12-week period. And during that class, we'll teach you how to make the best food choices so you can... um, You know, have better energy, sleep better, have fewer cravings, and have less inflammation. And many people really find that they're able to manage their cholesterol naturally without medication once they make those changes that we've been talking about. So we'll give you some more details in just a minute when we come back.
2: Welcome back
1: to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Kara Carper, Licensed Nutritionist. I'm here with Joanne Rideout, Licensed Dietitian, and Marcy Vaskey, Licensed Nutritionist. We have a little more time to talk about our topic today, understanding cholesterol numbers. But first, I'd like to share a couple of testimonials that we got from the evaluations of people who took the 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series. One person said, I went off cholesterol meds and I'm concentrating better and I don't have diabetes anymore. Another stated, I decrease my cholesterol, my triglycerides, and my weight. I increase my exercise and also my motivation to be healthier. Those are great Pretty cool. Mass. Those are fantastic. Love it. And before break, Marcy mentioned also that we're starting up several of these Nutrition for Weight Loss series the week of March 7th. There's going to be a series... Um, March 7th at the Maple Grove office, March 8th at Rasmussen Business College in Blaine, March 9th at North Oaks, March in our office and March 10th at both our St. Paul and Eden Prairie offices. So you can call our office at 651-699-3438 to sign up or you can go to our website at weightandwellness.com. And just getting back to our topic about, we were talking about triglycerides. And I think one of the reasons that people get confused about what foods are raising triglycerides is because high sugar foods or beverages, they don't actually have fat in them. Right. They don't contain fat. So that, right. That's I see true. that where that would be very confusing. It mm-hmm. is. But it's the sneaky low fat and fat free foods that are high in sugar, Mm -hmm. that do the most harm. Because sugar and carbohydrates convert to triglycerides in the liver. So the more sugar and sugary beverages we're having and consuming, the higher our triglycerides will be. That's right.
3: That's right. So if you are eating bread and pasta, bagels, muffins, cereal and crackers on a regular basis, or if you're in one of those offices that constantly has treats and you're... Hanging out in the break room a lot with those eating things like brownies or m and ms, those sugars and carbohydrates are converting to a lot of triglycerides in your liver. That is going to raise your triglyceride number. It sure is, Joanne. and you know what? And don't forget those
0: that beverages can do the same thing. You know, I try to remind my clients with high triglycerides that they need to eliminate juice and soda and alcohol because all of those beverages, turn into sugar and lead to high
3: triglycerides. That's right. And so let's go over the recommended lab ranges for triglycerides and listen closely because these ranges vary from what your lab sheet will say. Conventional lab ranges usually say that the desirable range for triglycerides is under 150. We know that newer research shows this range is a little bit too high. So as nutritionists and dietitians, we recommend that our clients aim for triglycerides under 100, but even levels of 50 or less is even better.
1: And Dr. William Davis, he's a cardiologist and author of Wheat Belly. He's been on our show Dishing Up Nutrition a couple of times. In his cardiology practice, he tells his patients to aim for triglycerides under 50. In his book, Wheat Belly, Dr. Davis states that 90% of his patients who have had a cardiac event, it turns out that they had the small, dense pattern B LDL cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he also says that this is typically paired with a low HDL. Mm-hmm. Remember, we want HDL to be high. right? Yep. And it's also paired with high triglycerides, which we want to be low. Wow. So these patterns usually go together. Right.
3: Right.
0: Good point, Cara. You know, and the more triglycerides you have in your blood, the greater your chances of developing that atherosclerosis, which is also known as plaque buildup in the arteries. So, you know, what is causing plaque
3: buildup? Not our LDL, but rather maybe those high triglycerides.
0: High
2: triglycerides.
3: Mm-hmm. And if you have those high triglycerides, We've seen fantastic results with people bringing down very, very quickly in our classes. The way to lower them is to cut out the sugar and soda, drastically reduce other carbohydrates that we mentioned, the bread, pasta, chips, crackers, any foods that turn to sugar. We Mm -hmm. want to cut them out.
1: And triglycerides can be lowered fairly quick with a change in diet. I actually had a client with triglycerides of 300. And by going on a lower-carbohydrate diet for two months, um, she was able to lower them to 130. That's remarkable. yeah. That's right. That? And it's a that's pretty fast. quick turnaround. I've heard even more dramatic stories where triglycerides were over 1,000. And over a three-month period of um, watching, diet, probably adding in some fish oil and exercising, the triglycerides came down several hundred points in wow. three months. Nice. So,
3: that's great. So, we have a nutritional weight and wellness Facebook page, and there were a few questions posted about our topic today. One person asked Can you explain the triglyceride to HDL ratio and explain its importance versus the total cholesterol number? Marcy and Cara are going to be going into that a little further.
0: All right, let's dig in. You know, I'm going to refer to uh, Dr. Sinatra's work regarding the triglyceride to HDL ratio. So Dr. Steven Sinatra is a board-certified cardiologist, nutritionist, and author of The Cholesterol Myth. We've been so fortunate to have him on Dishing Up Nutrition a couple times where he's actually stated that this ratio is one of the best predictors of heart disease. So everyone, get your pen and paper out and take your triglyceride uh-huh. numbers and divide, by, b- divide them by your HDL number. For example... If your triglycerides are 150 and your HDL is 50, you would have a ratio of 3.
1: Dr. Sinatra prefers that the ratio is 2 or under. An example of how to um, reach this ratio would be if your triglycerides are 120 and your HDL is 60, that would give you a ratio of 2, which he is recommending. And that's to be at low risk. So my most recent numbers, um, this is actually the lowest my triglycerides have ever been. They've never been high, but um, my most recent labs showed 50. Fantastic. That is. And and my HDL was 70. So yeah. I was actually trying to figure you were out... less than one. I was less than one. Wow. Right. So that's, that's low amazing. risk. Yeah. So if, if listeners heard the earlier part of the show... My total cholesterol is a little bit over two hundred. Mm-hmm. I think my LDL is one thirty. Right, those were both flagged as out of range. That's right, yeah. they were. Um, but here I am at a less than one triglyceride to HDL right. ratio. So,
3: and I actually have a, a less than one ratio too, with a triglyceride of sixty nine and HDL of eighty. So, oh wow, that's also that's
1: great, Joanne. Yeah. yeah. So, listeners, just keep in mind too that I've been eating at nearly th- eight eggs, three eggs yeah. for many, many years every day. Yeah, right. And I cook with coconut oil and butter. So, I also do eat red meat, have some bacon, bacon. and sausage. And yep. of course, looking at organic and hormone free are important. For but I just sure. wanted to kind of. Oh, you know, throw that, that out reminder. there for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. We're,
0: we tell you get rid of food, but we're also telling you to eat some good bacon. Some exactly, good
1: some nitrate-free bacon right. and some organic red meat. So we've given some great information today about the true cause. Of heart disease and explained what all those cholesterol numbers mean but I'd like to recap the most important points in case anyone missed part of the show today yeah I think this is an important part of the show you know a
0: big myth about cholesterol is that a total cholesterol of 200 or higher means you're a higher risk of heart disease but I think we've shattered that today don't you think so guys I hope so we have you know cholesterol (laughs) is not the cause of heart disease it's chronic
3: inflammation in the arteries That's right. And another myth is that eating foods like eggs that can contain cholesterol will increase your cholesterol numbers. Your liver makes most of the cholesterol in your body because there are many benefits of cholesterol, including the hormone production, healthy brain function and memory, creating new cells, all the cell communication and protection against infection and disease.
0: Yeah, you know, and the third misconception that we talked about today is that eating foods with saturated fats like butter or that full-fat dairy, red meat, that those things are going to lead to higher heart disease. Mm-hmm. But the foods that contribute to inflammation in the body and a higher risk of heart disease are what I've been talking about all the show. Yes, you have. Sugar, right. processed carbohydrates like bread, pasta, cereal, chips, and all
1: of that. We need to take it out in the trans fats, <laughs> right guys? Yep. Okay. More wrap-up, but our show is ending. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Mm. Tune in next week when Dar and Leah interview Dr. Terry Walls. They're gonna discuss multiple sclerosis and the Walls protocol. All That's right. Fantastic. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy it today. Week. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio.